0: Well, I just, uh, I, don't, I woke up this morning thinking, this is going to be an amazing day. I really, really believe it. If you'll say that to yourself, say it unto the Lord, you're going to have an amazing day. Are you ready? It's going to be an amazing day. You, don't you feel better already? Huh? Some of you look better. Some of you need to say it twice. You really look good. Amen? Hey, if you haven't got one of these bracelets as a reminder to get your album, to download it, get one of these, wear it on your wrist because this is also the theme of Easter this year. And so we are excited about what we're doing in music and, and how, uh, I, think, I think I've got the number right, but I believe we stream about 26 million streams a year from Influence Music. So you know, you, you come here, enjoy it, you take it for granted, you don't realize that the world is really listening to the music of this house. And it's a privilege and an honor to be able to have that, amen? Because not many churches can say they have a record label that streams worldwide like ours does. So we have a responsibility to do that, to go to that next level and say, well, let's, let's talk about it, let's download it, let's listen to it, and let's just make it a part of our life, amen? All right, I have one other announcement before the sermon starts, and I'm really excited about the message. We're going to be talking about gender identity today. Topic that you don't hear much about anymore, (laughs) but I I want you to know what the Word of God has to say about it. I think that'll be important, don't you? Amen. But uh, about a year ago or so, maybe a year and a half ago, Tammy and I were—I was speaking down at uh, Phoenix at Dream City Church, and was there, and they had this super cool. You've heard me talk about this, but I have an announcement today. This super cool uh, solar panelled. Pavilion. Now you know we have this uh, temporary one out here that's probably not fully legal. Uh, it was okay during COVID. I'm not sure what the rules are after that, but we've just left it up. It's held up with circus tents, uh, t- pegs, and uh, and it works. It works really well. And God's bless us with it. We use it for a lot of stuff. But uh, I was speaking down there, and Tammy and I walked outside, and I'm just going to let him play this video. This is the what I walked out into when I saw this. And, and I said to myself, I want one of those. Man, I really, so I came back and John Meredith's in our church. And he's not here this morning, but I know he's watching online. And, and I said, John, don't you do commercial solar? And he said, Yeah. And I said, I want one of those. He said, Those are really expensive. He said, Solar's, to get solar panels on your building is simple. But to build that structure uh, is not going to be easy. And so for the last almost year, we've been negotiating with different companies to build it, and I wanted that company because that's the one that built that one and I like the looks of it. And he said, you would like that one, that's the most expensive one out there. And I thought, well, you know, if we're paying for Louis Vuitton gasoline prices here in California, we should have a Louis Vuitton pavilion out front, amen? Now, before you clap, it's a, that's a million dollar project. Now, how many wanna give the first thousand? Oh yeah, not as enthusiastic now. So anyway, we have been dealing with three different companies and we were able to negotiate that structure, solar on this building, on our other building, and the cost will be zero. And I really, you you, you know, some of you aren't excited enough about that. Listen, either they're gonna pay for it or we're gonna pay for it. Now, how excited are you? See? Yeah, I know a bunch of cheapos sitting out there. But, you know, it's just really uh, uh, evidence of, of the hand of God, because literally we got it down to 100,000, and they weren't budging, and then God just kind of jumped in, and, and it just is amazing. You know, if your life is not supernatural, it may be superficial. If there's no evidence of God working where you can point the finger and go, God is doing something, then get there. Say, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to get there. Because I don't want my life to be normal. I want it to be supernatural. I don't want my life to be good. I want it to be abundant. I don't want life just to rock along. I want to go to the next level. And some of you say, well, I don't know how to get there. Well, just trust me, if you will just take the next small step into your future with God, God will give you the strength and the power to take all the rest of the steps. And it just, it, you know, you're, you're thinking right now, what would it be? What are you believing God for right now? If you don't have an answer, that's where you start. What am I believing God for right now? You lean into that. Lean into that. Say, God, this is what I'm trusting you for. This is what I'm believing you for. And, and if it's of the Lord, God will confirm that in your heart, and he'll give you the strength to keep praying and trusting and believing. If it's not of God, then you're going to find the Holy Spirit is going to self-correct your prayer. What do I mean by that? That means that when you pray for the wrong thing, the Holy Spirit will straighten you out in the process of prayer because he won't allow you to keep trusting for the wrong thing for the wrong motive. Amen? And this is kind of the principle of faith, that you start where your heart is. What is a thing you're believing God for? Lean into that and take the next step down the journey to just say, I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God. When you go public with it, it becomes more frightening, doesn't it? Because now everybody's going to ask you about it. So when you make that decision to tell people, this is what I'm trusting God for, you know that you're on the line. You're on the line for faith. And so I just want you to really believe and trust in God for some things, see God do some things. Uh, John Meredith, that I was talking about, he was. uh, He was diagnosed with stage four cancer and told the doctor, told him to go home and say goodbye to his children. This was about five years, six years ago. And he is literally a miracle of God, cancer-free. And God has blessed him. And, uh, you know, now he's lived long enough to, to pay for college now. So, you know, amen? That's when you know God's doing something, right? He allows you the privilege to pay for college. Let me pray, and then I wanna jump into a, to a message here that I'm really excited about. I really believe God is on it. I believe there's a message for you, uh, an, an affirming message, and also a challenging message. Uh, while the music was going on, I, I just, sometimes I write, I have these prophetic declarations that God gives me, and I wrote one during the worship, and we're gonna, we're gonna say that at the end together, because I think it's so appropriate, especially in light of the music, in light of the testimony that uh, Melody gave and just a light of where we are in the world. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we prepare ourselves for the Word of God, for the message that you want us uh, to hear, to understand, we pray that our hearts would be open, sensitive, God, that we would receive, we would be like a sponge. Holy angels of God, circle this building and protect us from all evil. Guide us, Spirit of God, into the Word of God, into the depths of us, and give us Insights that we would not have in the natural world, but only given in the spiritual world, the supernatural world. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to think about this question. Who's writing the script of your life? Who's writing the script of your life? Ultimately, either God or the devil will write the script of your life. You see, the devil masquerades as someone who is fair, loving, tolerant, and politically correct. He uses false prophets in society to influence the way that we think about God, about science, about education, about gender, and a host of other things. Cultural false prophets surround us. Some of them hold impressive titles and work at places like Hollywood and Disney, the White House, and Target. They promote a false reality, and they push a script from hell. They deny the creator and have no fear of God. The demonic world's reaction to overturning Roe versus Wade is the destruction of childhood innocence and gender. They reason if we can't kill them, then we will destroy them. Two years ago, this April, we really launched American Faith. Some of you don't know about that. I haven't talked a lot about it lately. But I wanna pull up a page that illustrates this point I just made from American faith right now. Biden's health secretary, Rachel, who's a guy, not a girl, dig her up 100 years someday and find out what her DNA says, claims changing kids' genders will soon be normalized. Now I don't know if you, about you, I don't want that one as my daughter. I don't want that one as the head of health and human services. I don't want that, that person health head of anything in my life or in my killed life. But this is the agenda from the demonic that is coming upon our land. I don't know if you know it, but we're in a battle. There is a battle raging, and it's not just in the natural physical world, it's in the spiritual world, and that's where you're going to win the battle. But it doesn't you don't just want it in the in the spiritual you also when you put your hand to the plow and you say I'm going to do something about this. You see they use our children on the front line of their cultural war and they justify their actions with polished words meant to silence us. We will not be silent. Put your hands together. Give God the glory. We will not be silent in this battle. We will not conform We will not conform. It hit me the other day that I only know the name of one Lutheran German pastor during the Nazi era, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. You know why we only know one? Because he's the only one that came to the forefront in, in real power and authority and resisted the Nazi war machine. All the names of those pastors that did nothing but conform and roll over and say it's not about politics are forgotten. They will never be remembered because they did nothing to stand. I don't know about you, but if I were in your seat, I would want my pastor to be the first one to be willing to be martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ. You see, it's a call for leadership in our day. It's a call to say we're going to do something different for the kingdom of Almighty God. You know, we talk about what we're doing in the music world, we're doing the same thing in media and uh, and through uh, American faith. 26 million we streamed, or, or people opened our newsletter last year alone. Now you think about that number, it's pretty significant when you consider we came in with a zero budget and an idea. You see, when you, when you have a zero budget and an idea from God, God can take you places you never thought you could go. You see, in this world today, they celebrate the unrestrained life. I don't know if you saw on the day, the International Day of the Woman, they had a guy representing the International Day of the Woman for Hershey's Chocolate. And it wasn't even a good looking. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, oh, come on. In response to that, it was neat to see Daily Wire, this guy Joshua, come out with a candy bar called he, she, her, right? And just say, you know what? We're gonna counter this narrative. That's what you have to do. You have to counter the narrative because the loudest voice in the room will be heard. But you see, what's happening is they're celebrating the unrestrained life and they lead individuals and society into rebellion against God and against their creator, The last time I read the word of God, God alone has the right to determine what is right and what is wrong. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. You see, God alone holds that key. You might fear what's happening in the world, but don't. Just don't, just say, I'm not gonna fear. If God is for me, the Bible says, then what? Who can be against me? Why not go with God? I love going with God. He comes through, amen? Amen. See, God has already spoken about gender. He created them male and female. Any further consideration is a departure from God, truth, and science. Your gender is determined by your chromosomes. Is this hard to understand? It's, it's bad when you, when you have to go into a store and you celebrate the fact that they have two bathrooms, male and female. I go, yeah, I like this place already. But now gender is defined as an identity, a personal internal perception of one that is based on socially constructed roles, behaviors, and customs. In other words, gender is now based on how someone feels. So if you wake up today and feel like a tiger, you are one. You wake up today and you feel like a girl and you're a guy, you are one. And now we see this tragedy rolling into women's sports. We see this tragedy rolling into all aspects of society. If it's not time to say something, when is? When is the time to raise your voice? When is the time? Where are the prophets in our day who will rise up and say, no more? No more. Where are the people who love their God and say, we will stand, even if we're disregarded, even if we're persecuted, we will stand in the power of Almighty God, amen? You see, you have a choice. You choose holiness or you choose hell. Choose the eternal kingdom of salvation or you choose hell. There is no salvation unless there is a heart that seeks after righteousness. See, Jesus made it very clear. He cut cut the crowd down very, very quickly when he said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to pick up your cross and follow me every day. He said, they will hate you in this world as they've hated me, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world, meaning the world system that is trying to conform you, shape you, and crush you into its image. We decided to have a gala two years ago. I started this, uh, this AmericanFaith.com because I was just mad at the governor. I can't put it any other way. I just thought, you know what? He has no right to tell the church they cannot be open. He might have an impressive resume, but one thing is missing from it. That's the name God. So we started it, and this year we have, we're having our gala on April 23rd. We have our guest speaker, Charlie Kirk. And uh, let me tell you what we're excited about. It's the We the People Project. Now, you haven't heard about this, but uh, you're going to hear a lot about it in the upcoming year. We sat down and we said, what's the greatest threat right now to America And it wasn't a president, it wasn't a political party, it wasn't a governor, it wasn't any of those things. The greatest threat was the lack of knowledge. You see, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And we realize that when we really began to look at it, nearly 60% of Americans have never read the Constitution. You might be one of those. Only 26% know all three branches of the government. You might be one of those. 80% are unfamiliar with the Bill of Rights, and you might be one of those. So we are emboldened with a vision to educate 250,000 of our emerging generation with the Constitution of the United States in a relevant, powerful way that people understand clearly these rights are not given by the government, they're given by Almighty God, and that's stated in the Constitution. We will launch an online uh, course called We the People, and this course will equip individuals to know their rights as American citizens, their role as future leaders, and the responsibility to restore and preserve the vision of the Founding Father's vision for eternity. You see, there's something very significant that happens when you understand your God and you understand your rights. The Apostle Paul one time was arrested, and they determined they were going to punish him. And he said, is it right to punish a Roman citizen? They said, we did not know you're a Roman citizen. That changes everything. And then he said, I appeal to Rome, which was a right of a Roman citizen. So now they have to transport him to Rome because strategically what God was doing was God was arranging, putting all the pieces in place to confront imperial, the imperial power of Rome and bring down the house and lift up the kingdom of Almighty God. Amen? Amen. So, we've talked about the devil's script. Let me talk about your script. Do you realize that God wants to write your script for you and that's why the Bible is called Scripture? When you write a script, you bring the players in, you bring the actors in, and you say, here's your script, now do this. God says, here's your script, now do this. And when you begin to operate by the kingdom, you begin to see things change. So in Genesis chapter one in verse 26, then God said, who said it? God said. You see, well they say, who are those they people anyway? Have you Anybody ever found them? Well I was reading about they say that we should, you know, do this, we should wear a mask. Now they're all saying the mask is dangerous. We said that two years ago. I went back and I looked at some of the things we preached in 2020, I was right only 100% of the time. That's all. You say, well, that's kind of arrogant. No, it's not, it's just fact. It's not arrogant, it's fact. The thing is that we said this is not good, this is not good, this is not good, and everybody said we were wrong. Trust the science. Hopefully, we'll never do that again, right? Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. You notice he uses the word our. That's because the name for God there is Elohim. It's a plural noun with a singular usage, meaning that there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That means there are three persons but one being. It's very interesting. You say, I can't understand the Trinity. Good. Then you're in the same boat with the rest of us. Amen? But he said, we're going to take, and the crowning act of our entire creation is going to be man and woman. It's going to be mankind, if I can use that term. It's going to be humans are going to be the crowning act of our creation, and they're going to be like us. In fact, when you look at them, it's going to be like looking in a mirror. See, a lot of times people say, well, I'm empty. And we say, get filled up with God. But I want you to know there's even a better analogy. And that is when sin comes in, the mirror's broken. But in redemption, God puts the mirror back together. So that when you look into the mirror, you see God again. You stop seeing you. You stop getting self-consumed with who you are. And you start getting consumed with who God is. Amen? Amen. Let us make in our, our likeness, in our image, let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and all the earth, and every other creeping thing that creeps on the earth. It's interesting that those who follow Mother Earth and those who follow all these crazy formulas about what's supposed to be true, they're trying to make the animals and the plants our king. What God wants us to understand is I made everything for you, mankind, and Everything is for you. They're for you. They serve you. You don't serve them. When you get that reversed, or when you begin to serve one another rather than serving the the God Almighty, that's when you get into trouble. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them, and God said, be fruitful, multiply, multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. I talked about being fruitful and multiplying uh, a few months ago, and then I think four or five of our staff members got pregnant. (laughs) Could you not have timed a little bit better? They're all kind of going to be delivering at the same time. Melody clearly is going to have a baby soon, right? (laughs) Pastor Allen's wife, Lily, is going to have a baby. Yeah. Zach's up here. He's leading. His wife's going to have a baby. Who all of them are missing? Uh, who? Amanda. Amanda's going to have a baby. Yeah, Paul's wife. Why, how did I forget Amanda? I mean, it's just like craziness. You say, well, I, I, I've never been able to have children. Then adopt son. We've got Ted over here. He's an adoption attorney. He can line you up. Yeah. Fill up your house. Amen. Be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then drop down to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. This breath of life phrase here in the Hebrew is only used of when God breathes into a human He gives life to animals, but he only gives the breath of life to humans. you know what that is? That is your soul and your spirit, man, that allows you to communicate with God. Think about that. You have that capacity to understand, to relate, to hear from Almighty God. That's not given to anyone else. That's not given to angels. That's not given to animals. That's given to you. Here's what happens, when you get off script, when you forget that God created you unique and special after his image, then you begin to try to play under the script of, I wanna be like somebody else. I wanna please somebody else. And all of a sudden you feel this this hollowness in your life because you say, well, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough. And you go through this whole thing and you bring yourself down when you really should be bringing yourself up, I am unlike anyone else on planet earth. I am a special creature in the sight of God, uniquely made for this day and this time in my life. That's totally different script, isn't it? Right now Gen Z is experiencing the highest rate of suicide of any generation. Why? Why? because of this cultural message that's being spoken in our world today. But at the same time, guess what? They're more conservative than other generations, and they're more f- apt to follow Jesus than the other generation. We're living in a very unique time. Remind, remind yourself of this. I am a supernatural creation. Supernatural creation. Listen to what it says, again, in Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, Verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. That's so clear. It's so basic. I went back and I started reading publications from the U.S. government about gender, and nobody said anything about gender identity before about nineteen or 2016. Everybody pretty much was clear. I, I typed in gender, 2016. Guess what? That's when it popped up. That's when they started talking about it. And we didn't really come to realization until until really the last probably two years. Wow, this thing is really happening in our world. Listen, what it says in Psalm 33 and verse six. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God made everything. Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, where the throne's dominion, principalities, or powers, all things were created through him and all things were created for him. You were created for God. You were created by God. Everything in your life holds together because of God. There's a divine commission. Notice what it says. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Genesis 1, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. You say, Pastor, you've already read that. Yes, I'm going to keep reading it. Because this is a message that is absent from our world. This is the message you teach your children and your children's children. God is the creator of all things. God is the sustainer of all things. Do you realize in the book of Revelation when the church has already been raptured and all hell is breaking loose on planet Earth, there is an angel that flies in chapter 11 of Revelation proclaiming the everlasting gospel to every tongue and people and tribe on planet Earth. You see, still God is trying to bring people into the kingdom. But you know one of the messages of that angel? Is the creator God, and that angel proclaims not just the the everlasting gospel, but is saying, and God who made all things. Why is the angel saying that during the tribulation period? Because that has been forgotten. And if you don't start with the creator God, then you do not, then you disregard life altogether. If God didn't create you, if you simply evolved from a lower life form, what makes you special? You're just biology. You're not humanity. And that's why you can see things like happening now. Not not only are we, we saying abortion, yes, let's do abortion pills, let's do everything. Why? Because you see there's this hunger in the demonic world for the sacrifice of blood. That's what's happening and the blood is crying out. The demonic spirits are crying out for sacrifice. It's no different when they went into the land. Listen to what it says over here in Deuteronomy 18. I wasn't gonna share this, but I kept my Bible up just in case I wanted to. Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 18. Sorry, give me give you the right verse here. Verse 9, chapter 18, Deuteronomy. When you come into the land, this is the message that God gave Israel, right? The message is for us too. Watch this. When you come in the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow of the abominate follow the abominations of the nations. In other words, those who don't know God do not follow their lead. Verse 10. There shall not be any among you who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. Okay, so what's the first thing? The first thing is, their god Molech existed in the land, and the god Molech demanded human sacrifice of the babies. Hey, guess what? We've got a nation here that is demanding, is asking, no, we've got to have this. This is a woman's right. My body, my choice. Unless you get in a car wreck and vehicle uh, manslaughter comes and the baby dies, now it's a baby all of a sudden in the legal in the eyes of the law. It's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? My body, my choice. Isn't it interesting that the whole system of communion, the idea of, of offering up before the Lord, is all about this is my body doing remembrance of me, and the cry of the woman in the street is saying, My body. All right, Molech, look what else it says. It says, uh, or who practices witchcraft, or one who, uh, who is a soothsayer. You know what a soothsayer is? One who tells you what your script is going to be. A soothsayer is one who says, follow this and you'll be fine. Don't follow the soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, a medium, or uh, a spiritist, or one who calls upon the dead. See, there are whole religions that are built around calling on the dead, evoking the saints. Saint so-and-so, would you tell me what's going on today? Would you help me? The Bible says that is idolatry. I tell you what, if we would just follow this script, how different would our land be? How different would our homes be? How different would our children be? That's why the Bible tells us, you know, that here, o Israel, the Lord your God is one, and when your children rise up in the morning, you tell them the word of God. At nighttime, you tell them the word of God, morning and night, morning and night, morning and night. Do you remember Goliath came out against little David? He says he came out morning and night. He said, give me a man. You know what Goliath's name means? Soothsayer. Goliath once says, let me write the script for your life and i'm going to tell you in the morning what to do and i'm going to tell you at night what to do and you're going to you're going to bow down to me and david said who is this circumcised dog that re- defiles the armies of the most high god everybody thought he was too big to fall goliath uh, david said he's too big to miss <laughs> picked up five stones Why'd he pick up five? You think he thought he was gonna miss? No, he'd already defeated the lion and the bear in the wilderness. He picked up five stones because Goliath had four brothers. And his second brother, his name meant the holder of the bread. In other words, I will control what you eat. Just like Jesus said, you know, Give us this day our daily bread. Trust God for your daily bread. Do not trust the government. Do not trust society. And certainly do not trust Goliath's brother. Amen? Genesis 1:18. then God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish theirs. Pastor, you already read that, I know. And subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Pastor, are you... Are you against environmentalism? No. Do the best you can to keep the planet clean. Preserve it for the next generation, but do not worship the planet. That's the difference. That's the difference. I see trash when I'm walking in a parking lot. I pick it up. I didn't do it. I pick it up. You know why? Because I still love the world that we live in, and I want it to look as good as it can. What is dominion? Dominion First of all, it has to do with your identity. Who am I? If you don't know God, if you don't know this script, you don't know who you are. You'll hear people say, Well, I don't even know who I am. I'm trying to find myself. If I just peel off another layer, maybe I'll find myself. You're like an onion. Another layer, another layer. All you do is cry at the end. That's all I got? I'm left with tears. It also has to do with your purpose. Why am I here? You see, if you're gonna answer those two questions, you go a long way down the road to a happy life. Why am I here, okay, and who am I? Why am I here? You're here to serve the living God. You were created for his purpose, and in the midst of all of that, he wants you to enjoy life. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So you can have life and not have it abundantly. We were watching uh, Jen's house and the, and the granddaughters this weekend, and glad to have Gracie Bell here on the front row. But, you know, I was looking at those two dogs of theirs. <laughs> they got a pretty good life. The only time they get excited is when they want to go outside, go to the bathroom, and then they come running in because they think they're going to get food. Then they go to sleep all day. That's a good dog's life. If I was going to be a dog, I'd want to live in Orange County. <laughs> Amen? You know, and all they really want is a, you know, nice couch to lay on, little affirmation, you know, pet their head, tell them they're good, their tail wags, I love it, you know, there's nothing wrong with a dog. But that's a dog's life. Some people are satisfied with a dog's life. They get a shelter, get a little food, a little affirmation, and on they go. Remember that old poem, I, don't, I didn't prepare this, so if I get it wrong, you'll understand. But It's called The Old Violin. The auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to spend much time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I bid, and who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar, two, and three. And then from the room far back came a gray-haired man. And tightening the loosened strings, he pa- played a song as a caroling angel sings. The crowd cheered, and then he said, Now what am I bid for the old violin? $1,000, $2,000, and who will make it three. The crowd cheered, but they asked, What changed the worth? And quick came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. And many a life is auctioned cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, they're going, going, and they're almost gone, but the master comes. And the foolish crowd can never quite understand the chains that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. You see, God wants to touch your life. God wants to take everything that's out of tune in your life and bring it up to the level of of perfection. You see, dominion has to do more than just identity and purpose. It also has to do with the power over the enemy. The enemy shall not prevail. It also has to do with the power to shift earthly circumstances to push you into an eternal future. In Genesis 2-7, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed in him the nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living being, uniquely formed by God, receiving the very breath of God. When Jesus assessed his crowd and he knew that there was something they were holding back. He spoke these words in Matthew 16. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul. It's the ultimate question that we're all faced with. Am I going to follow Jesus and his script, or am I going to follow the script of this world, or my script, or the devil's script? And we have to make the choice. I want you to stand with me right now. I want to ask you this first question, then I'm going to have, I'm going to ask those of you uh, to come forward. And we're going to speak this prophetic word over you today that I wrote this morning. And I really believe it's powerful, and I believe it has. It, it's just going to be a, a game changer for you. But I want to ask you this. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord? Can you say without a shadow of doubt, if you stood before God right now and he said, why should I let you into my kingdom, would you say, because I know that I, there was a time in my life When I confess Jesus, I believe that he died, buried, and rose from the dead to give me eternal life, and I know that salvation happened that day. You have to be able to say that with the confidence that that happened to you, that you were transformed. Not that you just repeated words, but actually transformation took place. If transformation did not take place, and maybe you just spoke those words, I'm going to ask you this time, right now, to do it in faith, Believing the Spirit of God wants to do something fresh in your life. Repeat after me. Just, you can just say it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sins, that you were buried and rose from the dead, victory over the enemy for my salvation. I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. I renounce all other lords of my life and I only serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now I'm going to put up this prophetic message that I wrote here. We're going to say this together. I'm going to ask you to come forward. We're going to, we're going to assemble here. We're going to just uh, impart upon you a prophetic word and power over your life right now. All right, just come on here, squeeze in here, guys. Just squeeze in, get close. Get close enough to catch COVID. All right? Hey, once you get COVID, you have an 80% greater uh, security against getting it again. That's without the shot, that's just getting it, amen? So get it, get a good one, get a good dose here. All right, all right, listen see what it says here. Are you ready? This is gonna be good, good to see all of you. Are you happy to be here? Amen, Amen. all right, all right, here it is, ready? In Jesus' name, I break the demonic authority over my life. The power of the resurrection is my authority. I am cleansed from all sin. I break off every sin every lie and proclaim that I am free in Jesus' name. That I am free in Jesus' name. I am a new creation. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The only script I will follow is God's script. If you receive it, say, I receive it. God, in Jesus' name, we just break the curse of the enemy. We break the power of sin. We ask for the fullness of Holy Spirit to come in this room in every person's life. We ask you, God, to put a hedge of protection around us, around our family, around our businesses, around the the works of our hands. And may we be blessed beyond measure. May you open up the windows of heaven. May you anoint us from on high. May May we see the power of God in our daily lives. May we be the head and not the tail. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy, world, thy work done in now and forever. May it be of the Lord Almighty God. Can you say amen?